go. Welcome to the Couch Time Podcast. Hey, if you're gonna do the intro, look him, look him in the eye. You know? I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't memorize this. I'm so I can't memorize it. It's the worst thing. Welcome to the Couch Time Podcast, where we give you tools to connect with your kids and point them to Jesus. I'm Ryan. And I'm Stephen Petrie. And today, we've got a good one for you. We are continuing our march through our book right here called Engaging Your Teen's World, Understanding What Today's Youth Are Thinking, Doing, and Watching. And Mr. Aaron Barnett just had a baby. Oh my goodness, Aaron yes. Eliza. That's super sweet. That is super sweet. So if you sweet. know Aaron Eliza, text him, say hey, congratulations. Another one. Got another baby. Little baby boy, Benjamin Barnett. Mm-hmm. Born today, but I don't think this podcast comes out till next week. So yeah. Kind of awkward. Maybe we'll, yeah. It's old news, I guess. Never mind. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> yeah, th- well, we'll we'll send this podcast episode to Aaron to listen to in like a decade. Yep. Figuring <laughs> out how to talk to Ben about these co- conversations. <laughs> this will be so helpful for yeah, him. Yeah, he's going to learn all about it. Um, so, yeah. So, congratulations to the Barnett family. Let's go. On, uh their new baby boy very mm, fun very Good stuff all right we're going to continue talking and this week's chapter is called cultivating a heart of connection um cultivating a heart of connection oh you're right it's just a heart connection okay i was like whoa this sorry my mind, i'm gonna have to off. change <laughs> everything that i've planned for this <laughs> podcast <laughs> what would be the difference what would be the difference for you oh uh, so a heart of connection is i'm trying to cultivate um their heart is to be able to connect posture? to lots of other things. Mm. If I want to cultivate a heart connection, I want to connect with their heart. Bingo. So one thing is like I want to set them up to just cultivate this connecting to can be all sorts of bad stuff too. Mm-hmm. But cultivating a heart connection is like I want to grow connect connected and close with them so that I know them on an intimate level and they know me on an intimate level. I love that. Yeah. So you just succinctly pretty much summarize this chapter. A little bit. A little bit. But 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 really, the this chapter is where they they begin to try to get a bit more practical with what are some steps that you can follow to cultivate a heart connection. Yeah. Um, with your with your with your child with the students. So. Because I I'd say so far, I mean, the entire book it's going to keep coming back to the same theme, and in some ways it seems very repetitive. Repetition can be good though, because I mean I can I know what the book's about very much so, and I've mm-hmm. read it um, several chapters, and the the main theme sticks out which is just how do you connect with your kid through conversation over a period of lifetime, you know, that that goes on for a long time. So this chapter is more of a trying to succinctly in a practical way say, okay, what are a couple different ideas, things to be considering to be able to have a, a conversation with your student that allows you all to understand each other on a deep level, on a heart level, to a to a point where you can help them walk through and navigate the teen years, which some things may be very shocking to you that they're going with, some things may make you nervous or scared that they're going through and dealing with, but how can you look back on your own life, evaluate how the Lord has grown and matured you, and then be able to provide insight, love, care, shepherding of your student um, as they try to navigate what life looks like now in their culture years after you've been a teen yep so um on page 82 they talk about they talk about different levels of conversation level two is seeing their point of view and this is probably my favorite part of the chapter 
And here's why. I think uh, one of the biggest obstacles that parents and students have with having an ongoing conversation is that parents feel like they are out of touch with what's going on and mm -hmm. they can't relate. And students feel the exact same way, that yeah. their parents are out of touch and can't relate. And so because of that, there's no connection. They just don't talk. We're yeah. out of touch with each other. We cannot relate. And one of the exercises they have, they encourage parents to do, is to do sort of a personal inventory. And so it's to um, think about what, what your life was like as a middle school or high school student and uh, sort of to put yourself in their shoes. Mm -hmm. um, because there's another book I like, and I've got it right here. It's, it's really, it's for youth pastors, but it's, it's just called Middle School Ministry. But they have like a personal inventory questionnaire mm. where, and what they talk about is that, yes, your life as a middle school high sc or in high school student parent is very different than what students are going through. But paradoxically, it's also very similar. Mm -hmm. Like some of the circumstances, the specific circumstances are different, but the heart issues, yeah. the things that you're thinking through, we're thinking through as a middle schooler and the things that they're thinking through, though the mediums are different, the heart attitudes are still the same. Yeah, I mean, we have God's word written thousands of years ago ah, yes. and still connects to, I mean, it's a little different because it's living and active, but it, in the, the spirit inspired it, whatever, but the same sin issues that were being dealt with thousands of years ago are still the same sin issues that we're dealing with today. Yep. The same um, desires of, of a heart are very similar to what students are dealing with today. So while different things come and go that influence how we um, operate, how we live, affects different ways that we can do things, at the end of the day, a lot of the motivations are very similar. So you can understand your kid's heart to a degree of like, oh, I understand why they could fall into this path or why they go with this or why they're confused by this. Yep. If you take the time to connect what they're going through with what life was like at that age for you. Yep. So I like that task that they give to sort of try to do. It's a good exercise for you as parents to do is to think back on what your experience was like as a middle school or high school student. Mm -hmm. What was the questions that it that it asked so like this for you to consider? Yeah. So this book, I love this book. Uh, and I can we can put it in the show notes, but and the page number. But um, so it, I, I like it because it intentionally uses the differences that you experience and that your child is experiencing to form a connection. Mm. So it's leaning into the fact that, yes, I don't get it. But here's what I experienced. So. Um, so like what like what was here? I'll go through some of them. Stephen, I want you to answer these questions. Oh, boy. We'll okay, try. Let's do. Further back would have been middle school. Can okay. you think back to that? I can try. Yeah. Okay. What was popular styles, trends, fashions? Abercrombie and Fitch. Yes. Aeropostale, but with like the stitching was like super prevalent on the shirts. <laughs> um, so like it was very thready, if yep. you may. Yeah, very thready. And like cargo shorts, um, long like Justin Bieber style haircuts. Yes. And yeah. Style fashion-wise, I'd say Abercrombie Fitch, Aeropostale were very much in. I was not allowed to buy Abercrombie and Fitch stuff. It was like, yep, yeah. So I never had any. What was, quote unquote, cutting edge in Oof. technology, or, or put another way, what were the latest inventions? The latest inventions. Wow. I mean, I. What year was this, by the way? Uh, I graduated high school 2015, so middle school would be 2011. 2011 through okay. like 2009. Yep. 
great. So, I mean, the iPhone was probably coming out around yep. the end of my middle school yep. years. I can't remember when, like, the iPhone 4 was probably you know, coming around then. So, just smartphones in general. I had a flip phone, then a BlackBerry. Like, so, phones were progressively getting nicer to where there was a time when you had to pay. You know, in middle school, I remember a time where, like, you could pay to have internet usage on your phone. Yep. And you could go to it versus a time when all of a sudden now everyone had un- unlimited internet access on their phone. And that was, like, a huge difference, I feel like, in the world. Yep. I remember, see, even you doing this brings back, like, memories from me. When you were in middle school, I, like, 2011, I would have been mm-hmm. in high school. Um, but even puts me back in my shoes. I can remember I had a, like, not a smartphone, just a cell phone. And I remember, like, the biggest thing for me was – like I did not have good cell phone service at my house and yeah. I had to run out to the end of my driveway <laughs> to send a text yeah. to my girlfriend. Yep. And that's what I thought about. And it drove me nuts when I couldn't. Yeah. iPods. I had like an iPod nano and stuff like yep. that. That was very, very totally. Cool. All right. What were stories that were being covered on the evening news? Wow. 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 The Boston wow. Red Sox won the world series. Stories being covered on the evening news. I never really like watched the news. I feel bingo. Like. But <laughs> but again, that that has to do with I mean the difference between now and today. Yes. Was I had a phone that didn't have crazy internet access, so it wasn't like I was always getting the updates of what was going on to society. Yes. There wasn't as much social media, so I wasn't always seeing different things being posted. Where now I can stay up to date with kind of what's going on in a large part of the world just by getting on Twitter and just scrolling for a while or getting on Instagram and seeing what people are posting on their stories. So I was kind of out of touch with the actual worldwide news. Yep. I remember when I was in high school, agreed. Like, I didn't have my own computer. I had a dumb phone. Yeah. I We still had the newspaper delivered to our house, and mm-hmm. my dad would read it. I would hear the news from him and maybe from my friends if something was big enough. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> so how – how does that – so if, if parents are asking themselves those questions from back when they were in middle school or high school, how would that then help them try to love their kid? Yep. I think for me, like even what that questionnaire did for us, it opens up a conversation. Mm-hmm. It allows for me to remember back to what was most important to me when I was in middle school and high school. It was, ta- it was talking to girls, mm-hmm. right? So probably fairly similar yeah. Um, for your kids. And I think it helps, even though the medium things looked very different, it makes you relatable as a parent. Yeah. Um, because, again, like we said, the same things that you're experiencing, we're experiencing are some of the similar things that your kids are experiencing today. So it makes you more um, relatable in that sense. Yeah, I think also if you consider, like, what things did you hide from your parents when you were in middle school or high school and to what lengths would you go to sneak around things or go around things and then consider like oh okay so my kids probably are doing that as well to a degree and and thinking about like oh wow like it wasn't a huge it talks about an emergency a lot of times like what's an emergency i think as a parent when when sin comes up or hard issues come up it can be an easy first instinct to freak out and kind of overreact when the book talks a lot about taking a step back, like getting a plan together, thinking, taking a deep breath, 
and then being able to approach your kid in a conversation that builds trust in relationship rather than uh, destroys your bond, destroys any future conversation. Um, doesn't mean like don't call them out on sin or don't um, help lead them away from from bad things, but the way in which you do that um, kind of shows your love for them, God's grace for them, um, how God sees them. So, right, and I I think this exercise along the same lines that you're talking about helps you as a parent develop maybe a little bit more empathy for what your kids are going through because mm-hmm. then we remember back to how we were going through those things. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I also hid things from my parents. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I, I also was tempted by these things. Mm-hmm. I also experienced. And so, it, it again, placing yourself in their shoes, remembering back to your own experiences can help you become a bit more empathetic to what your kids are going through and yeah. not be so, maybe so legalistic. Certainly there's time where you need to be stern and, and punishments available, but also to allow you to be a bit more lenient um, because you've been there too. Yeah. So. And that'll help open up some conversation for you. So I really like that exercise. I think it's good um, even to, if you wanted to, like a good, like if you wanted as parents to think through like, hey, take your kid out to lunch or dinner or somewhere fun and go through, create some questions like that and walk through them with your kid. I think that could be like a great uh, opportunity to open up conversation. Yeah, because I think the whole point of the personal inventory was then to be able to ask questions about them. Bingo. So that you then could understand their world, their environment, their culture, to then be able to know them better, have a heart connection, understand who they are, understand what's going on um, inside of them, not just externally, but internally, the emotions, the motivations, the sin, the, um, the things they're striving for, by being able to connect it to how you were as a kid. Then understanding them, asking them questions, having them express to you why these things are appealing or why these things are so common in today's world, whatever they are that your kid's interested in or dealing with. So then they can build trust and build um, relationship to be able to shepherd them towards Christ, to be able to express the gospel in a way that they see you as someone who actually understands and cares. And even if you don't know everything, at least they can tell that you care about everything. Yep. Yep, I remember when I was a kid, my dad telling me about this arcade football thing that he played in like the 1970s, yeah. and then I can remember <laughs> then me getting excited. Well, yeah, I've got N64, mm-hmm. and like having that conversation with him that opened up a door. His sharing his what he experienced allowed me to share what I what what I'm experiencing today and the technology that I'm seeing today. Yeah. So and hopefully, as you have some of those conversations, that then will open up doors to even harder conversations. It's like probably starts kind of surfacey with some of like things like video games or those kind of totally. things. But how you navigate I think it's Aaron Barnett that says a lot is like how you navigate the shallows Ooh. will affect like how how you swim in the deep or something like that along totally. along those lines. So it's like how you navigate the shallow conversations of your experience, their experience, how they connect in some way, learning, asking, um, clarifying questions, having them express to you why this thing is so cool that you probably don't care about at all then shows them like, oh, I can talk to my parent about something even a little bit more, a little bit more deep, a little bit more hidden, a little bit more secret. And then hopefully that keeps opening and opening and opening to where it's like, oh, we know each other. We care about each other on a deep level. Yep, totally. And I think, too, it'll allow you to, yeah, I like that. Like by, by starting with these shallow things, it'll open up the door for you. Like 
I love when students come to me and ask me questions that I know that they were probably hesitant to ask. Mm-hmm. Like at youth group of like, how do, why is, you know, like, why is homosexuality a sin? Or mm-hmm. how do I know that the Bible is true? Mm-hmm. Questions that they might be afraid to ask their youth pastor or their youth leader. Well, how do we get there? Yeah. We started with maybe the seemingly more mundane yeah. um, topics and just built trust over time. Yep. So, um, yeah, so that was level two personal inventory level three was curiosity um we kind of like moved into that a little bit like yeah i was like so talking about why we go how the point of level two is to get to level three where we're curious understanding totally and then i think level four it keep just it going yeah level four calls it a level four conversation but i just <laughs> doesn't it feels like it should just end at level three and then like repeat the cycle go back to one so <laughs> it's not really i feel like level four wasn't really a conversation anymore it was like hey here's <laughs> an arrow back to the front which is just a, a good mindset of like, hey, this doesn't stop. It's just it's lifelong um, process of learning, evaluating your own experience, how it connects, asking questions, getting to know them, building trust, learning. You know, it's a it's a never ending cycle that hopefully opens doors for gospel conversations. Yeah, totally. And I and the the chapter started off with the story. What was it? He did like the the man year. The man year. It's a cool idea. It is a cool idea. I think that's like one takeaway that I have. Um, you know, I, I've heard of parents at, at churches like having um, like, hey, when like a uh, initiation, like from being a boy to a man, we're going to go do this trip. And mm-hmm. They have those questions. They do those. They have intentional questions. But again, back to level four, they use that one time trip or that one year as a launching point to yeah. continuing conversations with kids. Yep. Anything else from the chapter, Stephen, stuck out to you? I want to say I like this to wrap up. Yes. The very first line of the entire chapter, it's a quote by Martin Luther King Jr. It says, our lives begin to end the day. Oh, sorry. I didn't read it with the right, you know, mess up the punctuation there. Not a heart of connection. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. Mm. So I think it's really easy to be silent about things that matter because things that matter are often hard to talk about. Things that matter are often confusing, difficult, create all sorts of emotions stress there's vocabulary that we don't understand with one another and it's a lot of times easier to talk about things that don't matter because it doesn't hurt as much and it's really simple and you can just kind of fake it through so i'd encourage parents to keep trying to have conversations about things that matter no matter how difficult that becomes how strenuous that becomes stay prayed up stay uh, seeking the lord and just keep opening the door for conversations that matter so that you can continue to build a life of heart connection so Lovely. Well done. Well, friends, that's all we got for you. We hope you have a great week, great rest of your week. We will catch you next time. Peace. Hey, thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at the Couch Time Podcast. We'd love it if you would take a moment and leave us an honest five-star rating. Let us know what you thought about the podcast and let us know if there's any topics you would like us to cover. You can comment below or email us at podcast at graceky.org.